All right, hello, welcome to Riot Act, uh, the alternative music podcast, but a very special one because this is the Rioters Review. My name's Stephen Hill. His name's Renfrey Dedman. Hello. How you doing? Very good. This is exciting, isn't it? Yeah. What something is, new. Yeah, something a bit new. Um, what this is, is when we started this podcast, um, we wanted to do something about music, obviously. That was the first thing that we yeah. wanted to do. Yeah. Second thing was we wanted some money, didn't we, Renfrey? <laughs> <laughs> they were the two main things that we wanted. And, and many of, uh, of you listening have been very, very kind um, to go over to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. And um, uh, and we've said, you know, like suggest albums for us to, to do a sort of show on. And if you do that, there's a very good chance that we will do one of these. This is the first one of these that we, we've done where we've taken albums that you've suggested over on our Patreon page and uh, have decided to go and listen to them and actually review them, which is what we're going to do now. Yeah. Usually we'll probably do about four or five. But... I would have thought. Well, we're going to release one a week, so that's irrelevant to the people listening to it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. if you guys want to know our schedule, that's what we'll be doing. <laughs> yeah. Little peek behind the curtain there. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, but we're tired, so we're only doing a couple tonight. Um, but yeah, you're right. They don't. They don't need to know that. Um, but yeah, you're 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 allowed to know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, would, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, so today we are doing um as suggested by christopher clayton thank you christopher thank you for your yeah. excellent suggestion yes um we are doing gold against the soul by the manic street preachers and it is an excellent suggestion isn't it it is a really really excellent suggestion now we um we've got we've had a bunch of suggestions and i looked at some of them and went well i've not heard that so that's probably the one to do so it kind of feels weird that to kind of kick us off we are doing Gold Against the Soul because that is an album that I've listened to a lot. Yeah, you must be very familiar with it. Very, very, very familiar. I with would it. say it's an interesting one to do because it becomes it's a record sandwiched in between two absolute phenomenal records, mm. um, two very different phenomenal records, but two two. Re- it, it's kind of. The bridge. The bridge between the An two. An odd bridge. A rickety bridge. Very odd, isn't it? And, and also a record that came after the band made these huge proclamations uh-huh. that they were going to release one album. It was going to be the greatest rock album of all time. Mm-hmm. I believe that's a direct quote. Yeah. Sell twice as many copies as uh, Appetite for Destruction. They wanted to sell 16 million copies. So I'm guessing at that point, Appetite sold 8 million. Mm. So this would have been 91, 92. 1991, yeah. And, um, it came out in 92. But, it came out in 92, yeah, yeah. But they were recording it in 1991. Yeah, 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 yeah. We should say we're talking about Generation Terrorists. We're talking yeah. about, the, yeah, the, the debut Manchester Preachers album, Manistry, uh, Preachers. Generation Terrorists. Um, none of those things quite happened. Uh, I think even no. you'll agree it's not the greatest rock record of all time. No. Um, it's a very good record. Very good. Um, it's not even the best Manics record. No, it's not. It's a bit long as well. Um, probably, I think that was due to them. I think, do you, well, what I wanted to ask you actually is the bigger Manics fan out of the two of us mm-hmm. is do you ever think that they genuinely, they genuinely believed that they were going to split up after one album? No. I no. don't. Not for a second. No. Well, but, you think it was all talk and... Oh, but they were so... Like, this is the period where they were just agit-punk terrorists. I mean, this is what I love the Manics, because they were so kind of incendiary. Um, well, we should fill people in because some people will not know that, will they? Mm. So can you describe what the Manics were at this point in time? So the Manic Street Preachers initially came out 
as this kind of burst of um, politically minded righteous indignation and rhetoric and crossed with the absolute sort of the highest heights of decadence from the glam rock era yeah so you had these very very incredibly well-read very intelligent quite nerdy guys from the valleys made loads of references to philosophers yeah. and all sorts who were talking of about you know Kant and Plasten Pinter and, yeah, 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 and yeah. all these kind of things and and were you know making these incredibly highbrow well well-read um uh references during Britain being obsessed with like the baggy movement yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. um and yet they looked like they'd sort of been dragged off of the sunset strip and it kind of not and actually when i say that like not even really dragged off the sunset strip i think that's kind of inaccurate i think they look more like they'd come out of um the sort of british glam scene of the 70s you know like, or, or yeah and or new york dolls, new york uh, dolls i think like yeah. london and new york glam yeah. is much more relevant to them i think than sort of la what la glam was you're at, probably right early on anyway i guess people uh, I guess people talk about them with the LA glam scene because they did even at the time they weren't on about how much they fucking loved Guns N' Roses yeah um, and I'm pretty sure I read somewhere once that James Dean Bradfield like got a Les Paul because of Slash mm. the first song on um, Generation Terrorist is called Slash and Burn which yep. is definitely a nod to Slash and and you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of appetite era guns on, on Generation yeah, Terrorist yeah, yeah, yeah. done in, in, incredibly well yeah um, I believe you think better than appetite yeah I, I do not for the record but but yeah done but I done very 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 well mm-hmm. but yeah that that very interesting dichotomy between them being having very intelligent philosophical kind of um, lyrics mixed with this I don't want to call that glam thing dumb but uh, like hedonistic. Silly, hedonistic silly music <laughs> yeah hedonistic you know fun times yeah yeah it was meant to be like the ultimate fun time party yeah. and what's like, what's funny about the Mannix is the way that they talk about um, you know uh, sort of Greek philosophy and public enemy and the clash yeah and Def Leppard, like they were in the yeah. press in the kind of early nineties, um, talking up about how much they loved uh, Def Leppard. Because when um, is it Vivian Campbell? Which one of the, one of the Def Leppard guitarists died? It's not Vivian Campbell, is it? But it's one of the. My knowledge of Def Leppard is very slim. Yeah, mine is a little <laughs> bit in terms of the other members. But um, uh, somebody from Def Leppard died, okay. and they were saying this is a disgrace that the NME and the Melody Maker. Uh, and the sort of the Q magazine weren't making a bigger thing about it, but right. you know, saying that you, Ian Curtis. But I think, I think, I think Richie Edwards actually said Ian Curtis was a nobody, and you all made it out like Jesus had died. Whereas when this guy from Def Leppard certainly sold a hundred million records over in America, and you can't be bothered to do more than like a tiny box for him, which is, you know, yeah. not a cool thing to say at the time. Like obviously, the Def Leppard were the least cool thing in the kind of British indie press in 1991-1992 taking that not cool thing and running with it a little bit I mean Mannix were everything that they were taking influence from and everything at this point in time that they were talking about talking up and saying was amazing was the antithesis of cool basically Mm. which is something which I've always kind of admired them for i mean even 
potentially now their most well-known song, A Design for Life. Like one of the first lyrics is, libraries gave us power. Yeah. I mean, who wants to talk about libraries in a rock song? But that's kind of, that um, has always marked them out as a very marmite proposition do you think that very very distinct but mm. i i can understand why some people read richie edwards uh, richie edwards lyrics and go that that's genius i also understand why some people read it and go it's gcse poetry i personally think it actually jumps between the two if i'm totally honest yeah. um quite a lot um but um I can understand that dichotomy of why people like love them and revere them or just, you know, cannot stand them for whatever, you know, mm. I, I get that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I get it a bit we, less. We are, we are both in the love camp to be super yeah, clear. Yeah. I, I really, you know, whilst I don't love them as much as you do, I do think they are a phenomenal band when they're good. Well, my, this is it. See, I've had on, some low points. My yeah. God. See, I've been on records for many years now saying if the Manchester Preachers split up after their first four records, yeah. they'd be the best band of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but because they carried on, they're not even in the top 100. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Um, I, even though I actually, I like for distance is futile, the last yeah. one, it's made me go back and actually delve a little bit deeper into the rest of their back catalogue, which I have to say, 10 years ago, I just completely had given up on them. And I've gone back to some of those records recently, like um, Postcards from a Young Man. And, yeah, um, I like Postcards stuff. from a Young Man. And um, yeah, and there's a couple of, yeah, there's a few that I think are actually not too bad, actually. Yeah. So it's the, the run of kind of, uh, this is my truth and uh-huh. um, Lifeblood. Know Your Enemy. Know Your Enemy that I'm not really very keen on. Which ironically <laughs> is probably when they're biggest. Yeah. There you go. But... Out of the four records, mm. that run of four, Generation, Generation Terrorists, Terrorist, Gold Against the Soul, Holy Bible, Everything Must Go, Gold Against the Soul is definitely the one that gets talked about the least. Yes. Definitely. You know, they won all the Brits and it was this incredible comeback and, um, you know, it was this sort of brave, mature thing <laughs> that, you know, this, this this like new mature version of the Manics um, when Everything Must Go came out. The Holy Bible, obviously, is one of the most nihilistically hate-filled, savage, and very, very difficult to listen to records yeah. ever. Um, Generation Terrorist is this like fizzy bomb of political rhetoric, and you know, and stained with lipstick, as we've already said. Mm. And then there's Gold Against the Soul, mm. which people don't often talk about as much. So that's why this is such a bloody good, yeah, um, really pick. Interesting think, one, yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. a chance to. Normally, Gold Against the Soul seems to be the one where people go, oh, and then it sort of went a bit uh, Bon Jovi, and that's it. Yeah, which is very surface level, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think the thing with Gold Against the Soul, it's a really anthemic record. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. It's really uh, huge choruses on it, um, and. I mean, I'm wondering where they were when 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 they made this record because you know whether whether you believe that what they said about the debut album being their first and last record or not, you know they'd had quite a lot of success at this point. I mean, not what they were striving for, but a lot. They yeah. had a lot of success, and fo- they followed it up with. It is quite a different sound. All four of the first Manix records all sound quite different from one another. They do, yeah. Um, and this is where they kind of went. Uh, see, radio friendly sounds um, 
I don't want to give the wrong impression by saying radio friendly, but do you know what I mean when I say radio friendly? In terms of the sheen and the uh, the hugeness of the choruses. Yeah, I do. And I mean, I think as well, you've got to think about the time. So it came out on the 21st of June, 1993. Mm. So when you... Six, 16 months after Generation Terrorist. Yeah, so when, so when you say radio friendly, in terms of guitar music in 1993, what was radio friendly was Alive by Pearl Jam was um you know uh heart-shaped box by nirvana was just about to be basket case by green day probably it was actually things that sounded very very different from this yeah this is radio friendly for 1989 i think yes that's that's yeah i suppose what i'm trying to say is i'm not insinuating that it was a um cynical move to try and get on the radio because at that point at the point that this was released (laughs) that would not have worked i mean i suppose it did to an extent but that was not the way you would have gone about it if you were cynically trying to do it but there's a um there's a i suppose i really mean i'm going back to this anthemic thing of there being a sheen to it and it's the production value production is just mental yeah strings and stuff like yeah, that, you know. um, Dave Aringa, uh, yeah. who pro- who produced it, who has previously he did do, done. He, he did do Generation Terrorist, didn't he? Or am I making that up? Um, he did do. He didn't do um, Generation Terrorist. No, no, he didn't. He's done stuff before with Three Colors Red. He did Revolt by Three Colors Red. Oh. He did Hundred Broken Windows by Idlewild. Oh, he right. did. Um, uh, he did Head Swim, Flood. Right, right, uh, right. If okay. you remember Head Swim, he did. Uh, he's done a few, like, uh, he actually did an album with Kylie Minogue, you know, when she went indie. This James Dean Bradfield did a, did a song with her, Confide in Me, that, that album. He this did is that. going well over my head. This oh, is, is it? That, that's, a, that's one for um, trade off one day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, really, like, mate, it really, really, it really, really is. Yeah, so he's done, uh, he's done a bunch of stuff like that. He's just a sort of, okay. I get a sort of British indie producer of the late, you know, the kind of mid to late. 90s yeah. era um they said he was an integral part of the sound of this record didn't they? yeah and i think you know in terms of uh the sound like you say strings and it sounds it had that that kind of big airy sound generation terrorists is uh, quite a punk sounding record isn't it uh yeah do you know what i mean it's yeah. quite a kind of it's uh it's got the same sort of feel as I always think it's got the same sort of feel as an early Ramones record or uh, the New York Dolls or even like Stooges. It's got that kind of crackling... Um, in a production sense. Yeah, in a production sense. Yeah. I know obviously the songs are I not mean, quite know, like that. There's 18 songs on it in <clears throat> 73 minutes, which I can't imagine any of those bands doing. No, no, no. Uh, but, it, but, but yeah. yeah but the yeah, production of it, when, when, Sla- you know, like, when Slash and Burn comes in, mm. I think in the hands of Dave Oringa on this record, that guitar riff in Slash and Burn would have sounded... Very, massive yeah 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 it sounds far more nihilistic um i mean not as nihilistic as they would get but yeah the uh generation terrorist sounds far more nihilistic than gold against the soul mm. did and i think yeah like gold against the soul to me like people compare it a lot to bon jovi where do you think that comes from because i find uh, I, that quite bemusing yeah to me too me too because i've gone back and listened to this and i was like i'm going to listen to it with the soul because i've never really heard that do you know what I mean? I've never really got that comparison. Like I say, I think it's extraordinarily surface. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I just about, I just about get it, but no, like not really. It, the, bon Jovi don't do songs quite like these songs, I don't think. But do you know who it does remind me of? Mm. Extreme. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's much more ah, guitar histrionics. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's shitloads of solos on this. Yeah, oh yeah, loads and loads of solos. And it it reminds me of 
because um, Bon Jovi were always kind of like hard rock, weren't they? As opposed yeah. to metal, like proper yeah. metal. Yeah. Whereas Extreme, they were hard rock as well, but they were like metally. They had a kind of metal tone to oh, it. Oh, do you think this is metally? Well, this mm. I think I think I think for what I mean by Van Halen-y glam metal, I think it's got much more to do with metal than it has that type of metal let's be very I'm not saying they sound like Machine Head or Sepultura mm, no. but I think a song like a, a, you know like Yourself maybe which is track four yeah um, which is quite but discordant that's, a, that's, a, that's like a dark moment on it I mean yeah. like, you know Pornography by Extreme is not a dark record no, no, no Get no. the Funk Out is not a dark song yeah, yeah but yeah. I think you know like Sleep Flower when that riff comes in yeah. that's got a proper like wow like you know the Wayne's World yeah metal. okay okay yeah, do you know yeah, what yeah, I mean yeah I see what you, yeah, yeah this is much more what like Generation Terrorist is not a very Wayne's World album like not a Bill and Ted mm, album mm. whereas this is mm. yeah 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 that's fine. um but yet it's sort of uh it's got songs in it like you know well obviously the two big ones are from Despair to Air and La Tristesa Durera both of which are Brilliant. amazing yeah Brilliant. life becoming a landslide um i'd like to go into life becoming a landslide do you mind you? if we do this now absolutely um, not i wonder if some of the criticisms come from i i, I have to say the first four songs of this record which are sleep for hour from where to despair that and yourself i'm like yes 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 love it all mm-hmm. um uh life becoming a landslide is um oh i oh, i could I, so the the look you're giving me is kind of <laughs> like careful where you tread um i think it may be the first time manix were a teensy bit mawkish um it's a t- there's a ta- <laughs> he's looking at it as his arm at the moment like he's 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 like i'm just gonna make a fist well, no, 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 go on, carry on. It's a little, isn't it the first time Manic's got a bit schmaltzy? Mm, I think, personally, it is a a much um, better version, a much better realised and produced version of Little Baby Nothing. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to say Motorcycle Emptiness, which was going no. to make me sick. You know, like, <laughs> they do that on Little Baby Nothing, I've never thought that was a particularly, like, for such a great album, and it is a great album, it's a good, like, they played that live when I saw them last year, they played that live Little oh, Baby cool. Nothing, I thought it was really good. Nice. But, point still stands, I think um, Life Becoming a Landslide is kind of that done mm. with a bit more maturity, it gets in and out a bit quicker. It's got some pretty, you know, a childhood glimpse of pornography. Mm. Um, th- those kind of lyrics that come in to make you go, oh, mm, oh mm, where's mm, that come from? But mm. that's always been the charm of the matter. I mean, you know, like Richie would take that to its absolute zenith, like to as f- push it as far as it was well, almost as far as anyone's ever pushed anything mm. on the Holy Bible. Oh, yeah. But... Um, but yeah, yeah well, I, well, that line alone is nothing compared to most of the stuff on that. No, 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 well, the fucking first out. fucking line of the whole album, I'm always like, yeah, kind of kids dick off in the first fucking <laughs> yeah. line of the, the new album. Yeah. Wow, okay, is that where we're going straight away? But um, I, th- I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to make the impression that I dislike, I don't hate the song or anything like that. Mm. I just think it is maybe where 
some of the criticisms of this album come from because it's really with the fan base particularly i think it's really it really divides the fan base this record like the hardcore manic yeah it does um and i think it is songs like that song that are the reasons why it's a dividing record maybe mm. is all maybe maybe yeah i don't mind it. it it's i think i think after that run of first four <clears throat> songs it, it does kind of go a bit meh for it's me a, but yeah it, i don't I mean, mind it it's not my favorite thing that they do sure yeah um it gets it straight back with you know drug drug druggy into raising the hospital was pretty fucking roses in the hospital i definitely agree I find drug, drug, drugging a bit throwaway. Yeah, I just, <laughs> but I don't think that's great though. Like, I, I love drug, 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 because it's just such a stupid. Again, like I, it's I, it gone. Again, I don't dislike it. I just, I just don't love it. You were going to say something more interesting. No, no, no. I was going to say like again. That to me is like them kind of dipping their toe in the water as to where they'd go with PCP on the Holy Bible. Sure, because it's it's really quite, um, it's really catchy and it's yeah. almost kind of silly do you know what i mean like yeah. it's almost like you say it's quite throwaway maybe that's which is what, different yeah. a different sort of vibe for the sort of thing that they were doing at this point i think again not bad just not essential well after the uh, i just i do think i think this record is so strong as a starter yeah it's it's almost the you know it almost kind of sets it up for a fall because i think i think those first four songs are some of the best songs the manics have ever done you know, mm. um, and I don't want to give the impression that this record then becomes rubbish because, well, Roses in the Hospital, for example, is a phenomenal song. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, and there are a couple of others. Uh, well, on the there. title track at the end, I think. The title track, yeah. Fucking brilliant. Is, again, an absolutely amazing song. Um, mm. Again, hugely anthemic. Kind of, I suppose the epic of the record, it's about six minutes yeah, long or something just under like that, six minutes, yeah. Um, and just really, it's got quite a funky riff well that's what I'm, that's where when i when i talk about the extreme comparisons yeah yeah it's bits like that and in again in rose in the hospital there's that that solo which never goes as kind of widdly widdly as extreme but it's mm. got that kind of flangy wah wah yeah 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 which and that big you know that kind of um that big uh, television got this sort of sound on um, on regular urban survivors. Yeah. If you listen to it, en- it's not Enter or Ego's the first one, but what's the second uh, song on um, Perseverance? Uh, per- isn't it? No, that's track three. There's a first boom, Gah! boom, and it's got such a like you can hear the when he hits the 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 floor tom, you can almost hear the reverberations of it five seconds later when it comes back at you. Oh, okay. And I think you know like that was quite a popular hard rock. Um, sound at this point that is actually it's taken me a long time to be able to separate myself from the 90s enough to go oh that sounds quite 90s do you know what i mean like that that production (laughs) sounds quite 90s but there was a bit of a trend in bands like i think um well extreme i've mentioned a whole bunch of times like skin and uh, the almighty as well had it where they had that sort of real kind of well i guess kind of popularized by metallica on a black album really when you think of how like booming yeah. Lars's drums are yeah. on the Black Album and it feels like kind of everybody in hard rock wanted to get that big booming drum sound yeah. I mean even the first Oasis album yeah. that wall of um, I mean that drummer was crap wasn't he that first Oasis Terrible drummer, drummer. Yeah, really yeah. really rubbish but you can imagine with a good drummer in that um, production from Owen thingy forgotten his Stevens. fucking name 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you would you would get a really really good sound with that big kind of wall of noise guitars yeah. that they had, yeah, yeah. and that's probably not a brand new thing, but it feels very nineties. And the production yeah. on this, this is almost like the quintessential production of a 90s hard rock record yeah, which is I why i think i've gone from mentioned television to metallica to extreme who are three bands who don't really have anything in common at all and the manix well I, well i i'm going to throw in for these two songs that we're talking about roses in the hospital and gold against the soul i'm going to throw in stone roses as well i think there's a stone roses vibe oh you're sort mm. of mm. <laughs> never ever thought that no just sort of the no, i've never thought that i mean like it, falls gold sort of funkiness kind of thing but uh, right, okay. In terms of the actual what they're doing, yeah. In terms of what, yeah, they're yeah. Doing. Oh, yeah. Not, John's, not in terms of the production, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's a John Squire, yeah. James Dean Bradfield is, um, and John Squire. J- James Dean Bradfield and John Squire were probably in kind of British indie stroke rock. Were the two people who actually allowed themselves to properly play guitar? Well, I suppose the Wild Arts as well, like Ginger and the Wild Arts as well. But uh, British, British, yeah. There's not many from that time who really were like. Willing to go fucking balls out on the solo. Of, mm, go on, who are you going to say? I was about to say Nick McKay from The Verve, but maybe not. What, Widdly Widdly like Full Wayne's World? Uh, yeah, no, probably not. Um, maybe, yeah, hmm. yeah. But then it was hideously, hideously... I mean, we can't even... You know, if you didn't live through it, we cannot even begin to explain how hideously how uncool it was to oh my God, yeah. put solos into your stuff yeah, and like um, to just rock the fuck out. I mean, Nirvana just, you know, not single-handedly, but they were the, the big ones to actually just get rid of They any, killed it, stone dead. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right up until, well, probably the darkness. Yeah, pretty much. The darkness, I think, was... I'm not saying that no one did widdly-widdly stuff, but if you did widdly-widdly stuff... You were not considered cool. You would mm. get very few column inches in magazines. You would, you know, it was just it was just considered a really passe, passe, done, done thing Finished, to do. Over. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the whole thing, you know, we're going a few years later now, but like Ross Robinson just wouldn't produce records with guitar solos no. for years. I think I don't think he still does. You know, um, he must do now. Maybe I he's done a cancer bats album. Oh, that's true. Yeah, what am I talking about? Yeah, yeah. so you'd have to. Yeah, <laughs> you would have to. But um, yeah, I think I think th- that whole thing of the Manics going against what was cool was just a huge thing that they've always had on um, the glam stuff. I think I don't think I would have ever called Manic Street Preachers a glam band, but certainly they were hugely influenced by On Generation Terrace, as we've discussed. Yep. That seemed to take a bit of a back step. I was looking through the lyric, the booklet, um, mm. uh, a couple of days ago for Gold Against the Soul. And when you see them photographed, they look very 90s. Yeah. Uh, the only one who's wearing like a hint of makeup is obviously Nicky Wire, just because he fucking wakes up in makeup, I, <laughs> I imagine. Um, but yeah, they seem to have. Uh, thrown that to the side for the moment. Do you think that was a conscious thing that they wanted to do? Do you reckon? I don't really know. Mm. I don't really know. I mean, they made such an impact on Generation Terrorists. It's weird because I've seen so many interviews and I've watched so many documentaries and I've gone back over these records and I've read liner notes and I've read books and I've read all kinds of stuff regarding the Manics. And they do have a tendency to just gloss over this. 
Yeah, they, they do, do have a tendency to just gloss over what they were thinking in this period. Yeah. It does always tend to just be... And then we released a second album, which we weren't all that happy with. And we were kind of, we were a bit of a loss because we thought we were going to split up or we didn't really think that we were going to get this far. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, I did, just to, just to add to that, I did find a, I wasn't sure whether I was going to say this or not, because I couldn't really attribute it to a publication, but there was an enemy blog that mentioned that around this time, James Dean Bradfield said, all we wanted to do was go under the corporate ring, wing we thought we could ignore it, but you do get affected. I don't know exactly what that means, but basically he's saying he didn't particularly like the record yeah. and he thought it was a misstep. Yeah. You know? um, do you think that's harsh? Uh, I do. I mean, when was mm. that taken from? I guess it must be so recently. So the Enemy blog post was posted 2011. Right, okay. Um, the, the reason I wasn't going to mention it is because I can't actually find where the original quote came from. So I was like, well, where, where's that come from? Mm. But... Um, yeah, the enemy claimed that he said that at some point. Yeah, so. I mean, I've seen a bunch of interviews with them, and they do just tend to gloss over that and go, you know, we made a we made quite a corporate sounding middle of the road. Rock. I, I think they they think it's a kind of what was at that point kind of what a lot of other bands are doing. Yeah, not that which, it was cool in British music. No, because it certainly wasn't. No, but then if you do look at. I guess at that point, like I mentioned, Skin and the Almighty and the Wild Hearts and Terrorvision were all getting quite popular at that time and Brit Rock was starting to become a bit of a thing um, only just though only just but only it was still just I mean Terrorvision were on their first Thunder album Thunder were a big thing at that point as well yeah I guess they were you know they? the Black Crows yep. were quite popular Black at that point I mean there were a bunch of bands who were still carrying that particular torch I don't yeah. think any of them really sound like the Manics I mean I say you know like I've mentioned Extreme a few times I think even Extremes are like Extreme get the funk out and what's the other the big one the big 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 one I don't really know what the, the song yeah. the, well more than words is more than words song, that's yeah. it yeah um, I was going to say sagest words but that's Paradise Lost <laughs> who are very different, very different um, and uh, <laughs> yeah sagest, sagest words you know they're these songs are lyrically again you know this is not a this is to me where it went from there's a lot of sloganeering Mm-hmm. on um generation terrorist it is mostly sloganeering mm-hmm. it is mostly like flag waving yep whereas i think on gold against the soul the flag waving actually um turns into something a bit more personal a bit more melancholic a bit more definitely um brooding mm. quite a li- quite a lot harsher as well yeah i wonder if that was one of the reasons it wasn't as well received as well because it was just perceived as less quote-unquote fun than Generation Terrorist, yeah. which isn't, in my book, a bad thing necessarily, but mm. but I wonder if... You hate fun, don't you? I, I fucking it. hate it. I can't stand fun. <laughs> um, but, you know, I wonder if that was part of the reason it wasn't received as well at the time or even now. And and this, But I think the thing with this record is if... You know, if you've only dipped into Manic's back catalogue, it's unlikely that you've dipped into this one because it's not going to be one that people wholeheartedly recommend. And yet, if you do, you will find four, five, six, probably six, I would say, maybe you'd say a few more absolute stellar, phenomenal songs out of it, out of its ten tracks i would say eight absolutely phenomenal so- yeah well, eight fucking great songs and a few are really really a star 
why don't we go seven then? <laughs> <'Cause> okay, that, <laughs> yeah. There's like seven phenomenal Manic songs and like, you know, and even the songs which don't quite work on this record, I don't think any of them are bad. I just no, don't, I don't think... I, 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 you know, like I said, I think the Bon Jovi thing probably comes from uh, life, uh, blah, 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 life, like, becoming a landslide. Becoming a landslide. Thank yeah. you. Um, but you know, it's better. It's better than most Bon Jovi songs I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> so. Did you listen back to it? Obviously, you listened back to it recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've listened I've to it. Quite listened, a bit. I've not listened to it for a long time actually. Oh, have you all not? the way through. Okay. Uh, it's fucking brilliant. I like listening back to it as a full album because I will dip in and I'll put on like, you know, yourself or I'll put mm. on La Tristessa mm-hmm. or, um, you know, I'll, I'll put on like Sleep Flower of its own accord. Mm. But actually sitting down, because when I listen to the Manics, I've got to the point now where I very rarely sit down and listen to them as an album in full. Do you know what I mean? Like I did mm. actually when Resistance is Futile came out, but that just made me want to go. I think it's from seeing them live a bunch of times. Mm. I hadn't seen them live for a long time, but I'd always like, I've always thought they'd be really good. I've always really enjoyed going to see them live, even in the times when I, you know, I, I didn't really enjoy their recorded output. Mm. And it just was like, you can make a great set list of great Manic songs. You can make two or three great set lists of Manic yeah, at this point yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. You, well, you can make a 50 song set list of uh. what I do. Um, but yeah, putting on like Manic's Essentials on Apple Music uh. or Manic's Next Steps even on, on on Apple Music is fucking wicked. Like to hear like where they go and boom, boom, boom all over the place. Like, yeah. That's to me, going, yeah. going Motown junk into um, Small Black Flowers that grow in the sky into, you know, fucking whatever. Um is really really amazing and to sh- see the breadth of of what they've done and even the one with uh like the girl from the cardigans like uh, your love that... alone is not enough, not enough that's a great song that's a brilliant song it's a really really good song uh, that's from send away the tigers it is yeah um and uh i really like that record that's actually like... i've gone back to ask good that's a good album yeah, yeah i know the last two they've done have been really good I yeah think, yeah, so, yeah, yeah it's decent um but anyway uh so i've not sat down and listened to this record in particular i have listened to a couple of other ones but this one in particular all the way through mm. until we decided to do this and it's a really really great album it's very good it's a really yeah. good album i think the pacing of it's great i think it sounds i think it sounds amazing in that i think you know if you're one of those people who are if you're 19 and you go all oh, that 90s production because i know people do do yeah, that yeah, yeah. like i i it's only now that I'm even aware. Yeah. I suppose it's the same as me, like going, Oh, that production on that new stuff. Like maybe lots of young people don't even know what I'm talking about, but like, yeah, it's very different, but it's, it's really good. And it's a really, really good record that I think comfortably sits with the other three. Although it is the weakest of the other three. Yeah. I think I probably agree with that. I think it's a very, I think it's a very good record sandwiched in between between two fantastic records. But, you know, if you gave me a Manic Street Preachers best of and it didn't have four of the songs from this record, I would say, you know, probably La Tristessa, Roses in the Hospital and... um, from uh, from despair to wear at least on it then mm. i'd be like your best of is null and void so <laughs> i'm guessing that most best ofs are null and void because i'm guessing most best ofs probably don't i think they definitely have less recessor and from, from despair. Despair, yeah from despair to wear. Think, surely you would have thought but i don't think I don't a lot know. of them have roads in the hospital in though that's just mad criminal it? ridiculous mm. i mean even that. the title track 
deserves yeah. a best of spot I reckon I think that's a fucking great song I don't know if that was was that released as a single probably not but it's you know best of really it doesn't yeah. have to be well it depends what sort of I suppose there's hits best ofs aren't there and yeah. then there's best off best offs yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah um, very good record have you got anything else to add Steve no just those first four albums are fucking brilliant and I, I think that like this is it's nice to be able to set the record straight on this one yeah. because when you say those first four albums people normally go well you got gold you know you got um, Generation Terrorist oh this is big oh yeah I love the Holy Bible and ah oh, everything must go when it came back but and then it's just like yeah and then there's one as well whereas yeah. I think this one is fucking great and it's a good bridge like I say it's a rickety bridge yeah. because where they went next there's not really you can see the band from Generation Terrorists of a sort in Gold Against the Soul yeah. You have to look, you have to really squint yeah. to see the band who made the Holy Bible in Gold Against the Soul, though. Yes. Yes. So, it's too clean and too yeah. uh, big and anthemic, I, yeah. guess, I guess. Yeah. yeah. They are there. Yes. There is, there, is the, there is the odd hint yeah. that something is there yeah. uh, with some of the lyrics, Definitely. like a little bit. But I don't think anyone could have predicted that they would go on to do the Holy Bible. It's a stunning transformation from record to record yeah. isn't it and yeah. for that alone mm. I think if you would listen to Generation Terrorist and then go to the Holy Bible even that still weird as fuck oh yeah but it makes them really weird but I think that would make slightly more sense yeah yeah I agree Definitely. whereas I love the fact that Gold Against the Soul is like yeah we were doing this and then we just went and now we're doing that like it's it's pretty mental yeah. bands don't seem to do that very much anymore no, well, not they get really. bollocked for it, don't they? They, <laughs> get, they get told off and cancelled, and they're not allowed to do it. So, you know, I th- if this came out now, this is the equivalent of like the Suicide Silence record, where it came out and it was completely, you know, like, oh, they've gone too far and yeah. they're chasing the da da da, and they're over. If Suicide Silence come out and they make a kind of a death call version of the Holy Bible, fucking fair play yeah, to Yeah, fair play, exactly. Mm. And this is, you know, this is all released on major label and all this kind of stuff. Yep. This was on uh, Columbia, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it Sony, was, yeah. yeah, Columbia. Um, so you know, this was the experimentation that was kind of allowed to happen yeah, <laughs> in the nineties more. Mm. So, but let's not end on that note because that's depressing. It makes us sound old and grumpy. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's a good record. You should Great check record. it out, right? Yeah, yeah, it is a really good record. So good shout, Christopher Clayton. So there you yeah, go. Thank you, Christopher. Um, thanks very much for pledging some money to us. Mm. We appreciate that, mm. and we'll be back with another writers review another time yes but I didn't know what you you were looking at me just to go say when exactly and I was like I have no idea I haven't got a clue I have no idea but anyway yeah there you go we'll be back with another one of these shortly